If you've ever thought about homeschooling your children, but it just seems so overwhelming and don't know where to start, Shannon Hayes is here to answer all of your questions with the Modern Homeschool Podcast. Class begins now. Pop music sensation Lady Gaga once said, don't you ever let a soul in the world tell you that you can't be exactly who you are. Today on the Modern Homeschool Podcast, we're going to talk about how to support and educate children to meet their beautiful and sometimes widely varied individual needs, allowing them to be just exactly who they are. Welcome back. I'm Shannon Hayes. According to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, approximately 20% of households that have children have at least one child with special needs. In 2018, there were an estimated 7 million children receiving special education services in public schools in the United States. Now, due to the independent and often unassociated with official government record-keeping nature of homeschooling, it is really impossible to know just how many special needs children are being homeschooled. But we do know that having children with special needs is consistently listed among the top three reasons for homeschooling. Having the ability to create a completely personalized education plan for your child is one of, if not the biggest perks of homeschooling and also one of the best ways to support children with special needs. Just by the sheer nature of public schools having so many students per teacher, it's really easy to see how much more individualized support and planning can be given to a child in their home setting. Now one question that I had for my husband uh, when we made the decision to start homeschooling was, do you trust me to do this? It just hadn't been on my radar. And now, mind you, he's not the mushy, inspirational type. But he looked me dead in the eye and he said, who could I trust more than you, their mother? So simple, yet so profound. I've shared this piece of advice with many moms when they've expressed doubt to me in their own ability to homeschool their children. Who is going to fight for your children like their mom? Who is going to nurture and care for your children like their mom? And who is going to go crazy some days and want to hide in the closet? Yeah, also their mom. But seriously, folks, you can do it. There are so many resources available to parents now for homeschooling all types of special needs, from autism to cerebral palsy, sensory issues, attention deficit issues, and really everything in between. The Internet is a valuable resource. So in my family's case, we decided to homeschool long before we knew that one of our children would be diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. And a school day for my son, who's on the spectrum, looks very different than a school day for my girls. So, for example, he had seizures for several years and being woke up early would be one of his seizure triggers. So homeschooling allowed me to let him sleep until 10 or 11 and do his schoolwork later in the day. Oftentimes, he actually did his best schoolwork between 9 and 11 p.m. Now, that made for a long day for me, since one of my daughters happens to do her best work from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m., but I digress. So today, I have a guest that is going to talk to us about her children. She actually homeschools four children with a variety of, of different needs, Um this is Heather Dahl. Heather is one of the leaders at our Upper Cumberland Inclusive Homeschool Co-op. She is in charge of our sensory room, and she can talk a little bit more about that. Heather holds a bachelor's degree in psychology and elementary education, and she's also just all around awesome. Welcome, Heather. 
Thank you. Let's talk a little bit about your homeschooling journey. When did it start? Have you always homeschooled? How did that come about for you? My oldest is 25, and I started homeschooling her when she was in fourth grade. We took her all the way through to her senior year, and then she went to a private school. Um, She has Asperger's as well as ADHD, so I... It was my first time homeschooling, so I try to do it very traditional where we get up at this time and we sit in our desk and we do our work all day and we take breaks. But what I've realized now that I have four other Yeah, I misspoke. You have five children, but I only met you when your oldest was already out of the house. So I misspoke. And as soon as you said that, I was like, she has five children. I'm terrible. Sorry. But I'm only homeschooling (laughs) four right now. That's true. Um. And their ages are 11, 7, 7, and 6. They are all adopted and have various special needs. And what I've learned in homeschooling them this time around is that they learn better and I'm a lot less stressed if I don't try to stick to the norm. You don't try to replicate school at home. Right. Right. We have a schoolroom. We have a curriculum. We actually have two curriculums because our children have so many appointments that we have a traveling curriculum that stays in their backpack and we have an at-home curriculum that stays in their desk. Um, We take those two appointments. If children are not in an appointment, they work on their traveling curriculum. Um, And when we're at home, they work at their desks and we take a lot of sensory breaks. The most important thing that I've learned is that I can't be rigid with this. My children need me to figure out where they are and teach them where they're at. Um, I have a fifth grader who does third grade math. Um, I have a second grader who does fourth grade math. Um, I have to be very flexible and I also need to give them a lot of breaks. We do school usually for most of my children 10 minute of work and then 10 minutes of not work and they play with sensory things in that time so that they can kind of regroup and get back into the learning mode and there have been so many studies that show that those sensory breaks are important for all children not just children who are diagnosed with a certain diagnosis or have quote special needs kids need to play they need to feel things they need to touch things they need to run and climb and otherwise sort out all of these feelings they need to sort of be kids we never do probably at our house more than 15 minute lessons for tate and then he can get up and he can go play and then he can come back and he can be ready to go if i tried to make him sit at a desk for eight hours i think he would just melt straight down through the seat can you imagine any of your kids being able to sit even for an hour, if you're working on a tradition, traditional schedule of an hour class, a five-minute break, can you imagine? My kids would never survive that. <laughs> um, I would never survive that with my kids. And also, when they're at their desks, I also have a lot of tools they can use. They have um, sensory things underneath their desk that they can touch and play with. They have squishy things on their pencils they can squeeze. Um, they have wiggle seats that they can sit on. Um, There's a lot of things out there that you can do to adapt so that it makes school easier for these children. What sort of wiggle seat do you use? Well, we have the bouncy balls that have the legs sort of on the bottom so that they can bounce. We have a little disc that's about three inches tall and it's filled with air. One side has bumps and the other side is flat and they can sit on it and they can wiggle just in a regular chair. 
We've we done also that. have balls. Yeah. We we also have those um, the coasters where you can lay on your stomach and roll. Mm-hmm. And so Tate would learn a lot of math on his stomach on a coaster, just rolling back and forth. And a lot of my experience with my, quote, special needs child, he teaches me how to teach him. So I just have to catch up. It's a lot of just mom figuring out what's going to work. I can turn him loose with his iPad and he can come back in 30 minutes singing a song in Chinese and tell me what the song is about. I don't, I can't do that. I couldn't have done that for him. So a lot for us is unschooling, letting him learn how he wants to learn about the things that he wants to learn. We do have curriculum for math, of course, and I did use a curriculum to teach him to read just because I think if you can read, you can learn anything. Can you talk to me about therapy? Like, I know that in the public school system, homeschool kids in Tennessee are eligible for services in the public school system for therapy services like speech, um, behavioral therapy, occupational therapy. They are able to access this in addition to therapy that their insurance pays for. Do you guys take advantage of any school system therapies? Yes, we do. Um, Let's see. Two out of the four of my children have what's equivalent to an IEP, but it's for homeschoolers. It has a different name that I can't recall, but it's basically an IEP for their special needs to get them services in the school system that they qualify for. Both of my boys are in speech um, and we do that two times a week in the public school. I think it's just called when I saw online the research on the Tennessee.gov, it said services plan, but it was written very much sort of like an IEP for homeschoolers, which is an individualized education plan. Mm-hmm. So they do those. Do they also do those same therapies through their insurance? They do. So they dub, they get to double up. Yes. That's helpful. It is. We've never personally used the school system services. We live in a different county than you do, um, but we have used therapies. <clears throat> We've used therapies through their insurance and leaps and bounds. I can't imagine not having had this occupational therapy or physical therapy. And and people say to me, and I don't know if they've ever said this to you, oh, oh, they're doing so well, or he's he's he does so well, he's so normal. First, nobody's normal. But second, I say, you don't see the hard work. You don't see the hours of therapy and in the meltdowns and the special attention that I can give him at home. Um, what would you say is the biggest advantage for your children in being able to homeschool them? What's been the biggest advantage? That I can customize their curriculum to where they are and I can give them the tools that they need to learn successfully because it's not going to work for them to just sit in a desk and listen to you. They need hands-on and all four of my kids need a different learning experience they learn things differently and I'm able to customize that and I'm able to give them tools while they're sitting there learning history they can play with play-doh in their desk whereas at public school you know they frown on kids playing with things no fidgeting sit still yeah (laughs) and they need to fidget they need to be able to sometimes we have a swing sometimes they need to just sit in the swing while I read to them for it to retain we do it in the hammock outside Fidgeting and learning are not mutually exclusive. They can actually happen at the same time. And sometimes with my kids, I see a certain pattern if they're fidgeting or they're twirling a pin or whatever they're doing. When I ask them to recall something that they learned while doing that, they'll do it again. And it's almost like a 
a motor memory recall sort of connection and it actually helps them learn. Um, one more thing I want to talk to you about today is for um, our Upper Cumberland Inclusive Homeschoolers Co-op that we have. We meet in Cookville eight weeks in the fall and eight weeks in the spring. And the kids can take three classes and we have a sensory room. Heather is in charge of our sensory room and I want her to talk just a little bit about that. So when we have kids um, who homeschool who have, you know, sensory issues or behavior issues and they get overwhelmed because they're not used to the class format or they're not used to all those people, all the noises, it can feel chaotic to them. I felt it necessary to have a sensory room where they can sit quietly in a low lit area, play with sand or Play-Doh or rice or squish balls or whatever it takes for them to calm down so that they can learn. Because if they're coming to co-op to learn, but they can't handle all the stimulation, we're, we're not helping them. So they need to take breaks. They can either come in this sensory room for a whole class period or if they're in a class and struggling they can ask to go to the sensory room and chill out for a minute or a teacher can say hey why don't you go to the sensory room for a minute if you need to and what i've noticed is it really has empowered the kids because the kids know that they can pop up and say one kid will say i need to go touch stuff and i know that that's her cue to go in there and and feel the orbies play with the sand just calm down and sort of decompress It's really, really helped a lot of our kids because they're able to decompress in there and then go back out and and hang out. And we have kids that I know personally, including mine, who don't talk to anybody. In the past four years, my son has been to a co-op where he didn't speak to anyone. He would lay on the floor. He would hide under the table. But now at our Upper Cumberland Inclusive Homeschoolers Co-op, he's talking to people, he talks to you. Everybody's commenting. Tate is talk. He's talking. He's making friends, but he knows that he can go in the sensory room, hang out, chill out, get it back together, and come back out to his newfound friends. And I'm so thankful for it. And I just want to say, like publicly on the record, thank you for this. It's been amazing. And I want to thank you for joining me today on the podcast. Yeah. Um, if you are listening and you are homeschooling a special needs child and you would like additional information and resources, you can go to the website for Middle Tennessee Home Education Association at mthea.org forward slash special-needs.html for a list of organizations in Tennessee that serve children with a variety of needs. Another very helpful website, which is one of my favorites, is dianecraft.org. This is widely hailed as a leader in alternative teaching strategies. And on this site, you can find different types of curriculum, lesson plans, and other parent resources, solutions for dyslexia, auditory processing problems, sensory processing issues, and everything. Just check out that site. You've been listening to The Modern Homeschool. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.